Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 28, 2020, and today we're reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we're on page 158, the fourth paragraph. That was June 1935. And today's readers are, for the 12 Steps of OA, Lisa L., for the 12 Traditions, Darlene H., and reading the text are Craig F., Barbara E., and Katie G. as our backup. The reference numbers for Wednesday, May 27, 2020, May 27, are for the 7 a.m., 14,695, that's 14,695, and for the 10 a.m. are 14,696, that's 14,696. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, a religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lisa L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Lisa L. from Brooklyn. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, I will now ask Darlene H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Darlene H., recovered compulsive overeater in Columbus, Georgia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Darlene. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, so we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose, reminds us to identify its compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing a topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 158, the fourth paragraph. That was in June and Craig F. will begin reading. Good morning, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That, That was in June, 1935. He never drank again. He, too, has become a respected and useful member uh, of his his community. He has helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. Um, Of course, the he, uh, the subject of that paragraph, is uh, uh, alcoholic number three, and the name is also Bill. And um, it's a powerful testament uh, to uh, the power of recovery uh, you know the it, it almost seems like uh, they're given short shift to the to to the miracle uh, of his recovery this guy went from a from a uh, an angry uh, combative drunk and uh, that was hard on nurses to uh, a, a respected me- member of his community uh, that that's more than just not drinking. Uh, that that's recovery, and uh, 
He's a useful member of his community, and he's helped other men to recover. Um, and, and the power back in his faith community. Uh, you know, uh, I I uh, have lived this life as a dry drunk. You know, both uh, uh, you know uh, in and out of program where you, you may not be uh, may not be participating in the disease uh, from uh, 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 an addiction standpoint. You may have put the substance down, but not. Um, there's a difference between that and and recovery. You know, are you are you uh, sober or, or are you uh, uh, just dry? You know, and 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 this is a testament to sobriety. And and how do we get sobriety? I get sobriety by uh, living this life in all my affairs. You know, and I get sobriety by working with others. I get sobriety by by living the spiritual way of life that this program suggests, and uh, that that's that's different than just saying, "Well, I, I didn't eat, you know, I, I put the food down, I I didn't gain any weight today." Uh, you know, the difference is that I've become a part of life again, and 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 you know, I struggle with that today. Uh, you know, how it's it's easy to say. Uh, uh, I put the food down. It's hard. It's it's harder to say I'm helping others. You know, I, I'm out of myself. I'm not spending my life concerned with just getting Craig's needs met. Uh, I'm spending my life asking God uh, to show me what I can do to be of service to Him and others today. And, and that's the that is the 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 life beyond. That's the vision that they had for us is to live life beyond and uh, um, beyond our wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Hello? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Craig. I'm sorry. I just was um, <laughs> unmuting. So thank you for sharing. And if you, um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So that means if you shared yesterday or the day before, um, please hold back and so that we can, um, so that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 158? Judy K. Judy K. Courtney M. Courtney M. Okay. Okay. Star one to unmute if you'd like to share. Tina S. Tina S. Barbara E. Barbara E. Terry H. Georgia. Terry H. We can take a couple more. Okay, well, let's go ahead with this group. I have Hoodie K, Courtney M, Tina S, Barbara E, and Terry H. Go ahead, please, Hoodie. It's actually Judy K. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. Go ahead, Judy. Okay, thank you so much for your service, and thank you, Craig, for your introduction. Um, 
You don't know how much you've helped me in the past. Uh, In fact, that's really part of recovery. Recovery is being there for others. And um, I just want to, I just want to say that in recovery, there's more to, to recovery than just putting down the food. That's a given. Putting down the substance is a given. Um, but recovery is really finding your way to your higher power and to serving your higher power. So for me, what that means is I've actually learned how to love those I love from what's best for them, not what's best for me and makes me comfortable. Um, I just want to thank everybody. This has been amazing. Um, I love visions. With visions, I found my abstinence in the first place. And it's a year and a half now, and uh, and the recovery is phenomenal um, beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judy Kay, and I'm sorry I didn't hear you right, and I hope I got it right that next is Courtney M. followed by Tina F. Yes, you got it right. This is Courtney M. recovered in Southwest Florida uh, today. <laughs> um, so uh, the the thing that I ended up highlighting when I reread this paragraph this morning was that he had become a respected and useful member of his community. And the useful, that specific word kind of jumps out at me because I'm, I know that I, in my, when I'm in my character defects and I'm really self-centered and selfish, I'm not, I'm not really useful to anybody. Um, you know, I can be used pretty easily. Um you can be taken advantage of when I'm in that space for sure, but I don't know that I'm necessarily useful, you know, where I'm actually contributing. And um, as I as I continue in, in, in living in recovery, I find myself doing things just because, you know, somebody might need a little help or somebody just might need a, a, a hug, if you can give a hug these days. <laughs> Or, or you know, a verbal hug, um, and that's that's that kind of thing. You really don't ever know how much you might be helping somebody else out. But if you're taking the action, or at least for me, if I'm taking the action, then I keep living in in the miracle of recovery. I I had something happen yesterday that was kind of a silly. It's a silly thing, but I made a joke. And the person responded back, and it was over text. It was somebody I work with. I made a joke, and um, she she said, "Thank you. I needed that today." And it's just a simple little thing, but it made her smile, and it brightened her day a little bit. And I feel like that that because I'm in a place of lightheartedness because of living in recovery, I can joke and and keep things light and. Um, and be useful in that way. But I also am learning in recovery to, you know, take on the heavy stuff too. Somebody might be grieving and I can help out um, by just being there and sitting with them um, emotionally. And, um, but I never could have done that when I was really living in my disease because I was just me, 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 I, I, I. 
And the me, 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 I, I, I wasn't always in a greedy way. Sometimes it was just, I just seriously didn't think I could do anything. I, I just did not have the confidence to, to say, yeah, I can, I can genuinely help. So, but that's what recovery gives me. It gives me that, that feeling that I, I really can, I really can be useful. I really can help. And that's, that's an amazing gift. And um, it's out of test. Thank you, Courtney. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Thanks so much, Katie, for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow. Heard some really great shares. It was, you know, it's grateful to be on the line. And, you know, what a great product of a spiritual awakening that this man exudes. You know, and uh, my, my only hope is that this can happen for me. You know, and I love... Uh, you know, what leads up to this, you know, all we've been reading leads up to me being a respected and useful member of my community. (laughs) You know, all the work and self-sacrifice that I do that I don't want to do, you know, and I say this at every meeting I go to because, you know, people say, you know, I had a slip or I did this because of that. You know, I always say, it doesn't matter what I want to do. It doesn't matter what I think I need to do. It doesn't matter what I like. It matters what I do, period, like it or not. You know, putting one foot in front of the other and just taking the action, you know, I get the result. And the result is a spiritual awakening, you know. And for me to be respected and useful, you know, that wasn't anything I came here for, let me just tell you. You know, I didn't, I didn't care if you respected me, and I wasn't, certainly didn't want to be a useful member of my community. I was so selfish and self-centered, it was all about me. And then to practice the spirituality in whatever way it, it appears in my life, you know, whether it be through a church or just through my daily life without it having to be in a building, you know, or it can be, whatever, you know, but I get that opportunity, and the only way, and I loved it, it was shared initially, the only way this happens for me is if I do the 12 steps, and that's for me, you know, because I can come in here and get the diet and be that magic weight, whatever I thought it was, and be loonier and attuned and be a dry drunk and not wanting to help anybody and not caring, and so therefore, you know, nobody's respecting me because I am, you know, selfish and self-centered to the extreme. But then, you know, when I do this stuff, I get, you know, I get the result one day at a time. I love that was shared about too. What am I doing today for my recovery? Because what I did yesterday is not going to stand up today, you know. Uh, and so what am I doing today? And this is some great stuff. So I'm looking forward to hear other people share. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. <clears throat> Barbara E., you're up, followed by Terry H. Thank you, Katie, so much, and thank you, Craig, for your wonderful introduction. Well, my early days in OA can be compared to being a passenger on the Titanic. We took our belovedly and wonderfully powerful first three steps. I was taking a voyage. In step one, I realized I was on the Titanic, Titanic and I was doomed. In step two, I spotted a lifeboat. And in step three, I took my seat with the others in the lifeboat. As Bill Dobson did, it took him much shorter than it took me. I cannot believe that in three days, he walked out a free man and then jumped into the uh, the action of life without picking up the food, uh, sorry for him, the drink, Again. My voyage began with step one when I realized the connection between the weight I was carrying 
and some serious health issues. That was a sign I was on the Titanic. In addition to my physical health condition, I discovered that my inner health was also challenged. I had lived my life filled with resentments, negative, negative thinking, isolation, and a sense of hopelessness. I, I had lost my spiritual strength and I was need in, in, in serious need of spiritual renovation. I was indeed a passenger on my own personal Titanic. My voyage continued with step two. I know that some kind of power that I never thought I had brought me right to where I needed to be, away. Though I didn't believe at the time what the fellowship said in the meetings, I acted as if I believed my higher power could relieve me of these horrible compulsions to overeat and eat at night and to live in resentment and negativity and hopelessness. That was all it took. I'd spotted the lifeboat. I was acting as if I believed it had come from me. In my early days of acting as if, brought me white-knuckled abstinence, but I got no relief, no, none of those promises that I read about in the big book began to came true. Yes, my compulsion to eat between meals and at night stopped, but that realization that I needed more had a huge impact on me. That day, I truly took my seat on the lifeboat. I've been blessed with so many years of recovery, 23 now. The ride I'm on in this lifeboat isn't a free ride. It requires that I work the program, the whole program, on a daily basis and work with others and bring this wonderful program to everyone I can. The ride I'm on in this lifeboat isn't free, as I've said, and I cherish Time, please. Thank you. I'll just finish. I cherish the passengers with whom I'm sharing this lifeboat. I am grateful for the pounds I've lost and the people I've met. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Terry H., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares on the fourth paragraph on page 158. Good morning. This is Terry H. from Douglas, Georgia. Um, thank you for your service. It uh, took me a long time to say that. Thank you for your service. I um, I was always coming to meetings, you know, trying to uh, get better, get well. And um, I was very fortunate, like like these gentlemen here, when I walked into the rooms of recovery um, 33 years ago, um, I walked in devastated, and um, my higher power took the obsession from me, and and I got well, and and a lot of good things happened. But as life went on, um, I didn't understand like like they did that 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 is my purpose. This is my purpose. Um, I thought my purpose was to get well, to get better. Uh, me, me, me was, uh, I didn't realize it until um, I had a relapse with food back in uh, last summer. And I walked into the, to the OA rooms and we were on step 12. 
and uh, which which is really what this paragraph to me is about, step twelve. And um, and it was that aha moment, like, oh my gosh, I've I've been in the rooms of recovery, blessed for thirty three years. And I'm just now really looking at step 12 and what that means for my life. Um, it gave me purpose. Just like this gentleman here, it, you know, it gave me purpose. This, this is, I'm an addict. Um, it really hit me that, that I'm an addict. And, and I guess it took me 33 years to, to get a little better, <laughs> um, to work on me because that's what it was all about. And, and I didn't realize it. I mean, I thought I was a good person. I, very spiritual person, but I was always having these goals and desires and and with that comes a lot of character defects and even though I reached some of my goals, um I was not a happy person and so i I feel very fortunate that I heard step twelve um, in the context of uh service service to others helping others, giving back. Um, I still have to work on my character defects constantly because uh, I'm an addict. And that I understand today, that I'm an addict. And and yes, I do have to work on my character defects, but that is not my purpose. Um, my purpose is to move forward, to give back. Um, I can still have goals, um, but now it's, I work for the goals, but I, I look up and I say, God, what do you want me to do today? And um, and that has changed Time, my please. life. So I uh, appreciate it, and, and thank you for letting me share. Okay, thank you, Terry. Okay, we're on the fourth paragraph on page 158, which starts, that was in June 1935. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share? Barbara D. Barbara D. Russ M. Russ M. Tiffany P. Tiffany P. Colleen M. Colleen M. Anybody else want to jump into this lineup? Star one to unmute. Okay, well, we'll go with this group. Barbara D, Russ M, Tiffany P, and Colleen M. Barbara D, you're up. Hi, I'm Barbara D, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Thank you, Katie, and thank you, Craig, for your service. <clears throat> for nearly 30 years, um, being in and out of the rooms of OA, I had never truly worked the 12 steps like I have this time with my Vision for You sponsor. I was in the field of education for over 30 years, and I thought that was my way of giving back to the world. After working the steps and joining all of you on a Vision for You, I realized that I am part of an amazing community. Uh, For the first time in a really long time, I feel like I'm really part of a community, and I feel grateful for my recovery, and I know how important it is to be of service to others in this program. I'm so grateful for my recovery. Um, I'm grateful to say I am recovered. And it's such a relief to not only be focusing on myself, but to connect with others on a daily basis and to sponsor others and share what I've been so blessed with. 
and as I give back and I help others, it makes my recovery so much more meaningful. But it's not about me. It's about reaching out my tendrils to all those other people who need my help. So I'm very grateful to all of you on this meeting, and I wish you a blessed day. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Russ M., you're up, followed by Tiffany P. Morning, Katie. Thanks. You're doing a great job. Good morning, family. So uh, this paragraph gives me so much hope, man. It just stirs up my soul, you know, that he never had a drink a drink again. He never drank again, man. And uh, and he was useful. See, I didn't, I didn't, when I came in, I didn't care about being respected because I, you know, my family was respected. I had a lot of connections. My dad, my grand, that that didn't matter to me. Really, uh, not to the community, because we always were, but to the people that I hurt the most, the people that were closest to me, the people that I drove through the through the muck. And I wanted to be useful and respected by my wife and kids, and my mother, and my aunts, and my in-laws, people that I hurt. So, and, and you know, it's this this whole chapter is so nostalgic for me. It brings me back to when I came in. That you know, I didn't know anything that was going on in my life. I had zero purpose, zero purpose, and I was so drunk and drugged up on this food that I was just like Bill D. Man, I was sitting on the side of that bed, and those guys were 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 you know sharing a message. That's what the, all these voices on this line did for me. Please know my family. They love you guys for how you helped me because you showed God you brought me closer to God. And because of that, because of that, I could be useful and respected by my family and those that are close to me. That my word is my bond now. It's no, no longer a BS story trying to get a hit. And because of that, especially this chapter, man, I got to go after people. You know, in the way I live, not a, you know, don't beat them over. No evangelists, but I gotta go after people. I owe, I owe, I owe God. I, I, I and I owe you guys, and I owe this program to help, just to be of service. You know, I'm not going to heal anybody, but just to be there. So, please know how much you guys impacted me this meeting, and and uh, you know, we 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 all are on the end of that bed, man. We just gotta hang in there, and and. Uh, Work the steps. Love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ. Okay, Tiffany P., you're up, followed by Colleen M. Hi, good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, I really appreciate uh, the shares on the line. Sorry, this is Tiffany P., recovered in uh, Texas. Um, I've really appreciated the shares, um, particularly uh, the first one. Um, in mentioning it reminds me of a quote that I, I wrote down in, in my big book um, that I heard in a meeting once. It said that uh, abstinence is the price of admission, but it's not the miracle. Um, and that was just so counter to how I perceived program when I came in the first few years. I thought abstinence was the goal. If I could just put the food down and lose the weight and have a thin body, then um, you know all everything I wanted would fall into place. And it wasn't until I came back second time around, you know, with the gift of desperation and worked these steps that I 
started to recognize that abstinence was just the beginning. Um, and it's really this this change that I've had from the inside out um, that is the true gift of this program. Um, the the feeling of being useful to the people around me, to my family, to newcomers, to um, recovered members who I've uh, listened to their 10 steps. Um, that is the true miracle and gift of, of this program. Um, you know, and, and the being a respected member of a community, um, and uh, that is just the outside um, workings of, of the, the interchange, right? Like that is just, um, you know, the people being able to see the reflection of that in, uh, inside change, but the real work comes, starts from the inside out. And, um, you know, the first years that I was in program and I just believed that if I could get abstinent and lose, you know, the 100 pounds that I needed to lose, that, you know, the gifts of everything I wanted would fall into place. That was me constantly looking for the exterior and trying to find some way, um, you know, to have that uh, inner sense of, of respect for myself and that usefulness. And um, it really wasn't until I got desperate enough to, uh, put down the food and to work these steps and listen to other recovered people that the real miracle started to show up, the relationship that I have with the higher power that guides me each day, um, being carrying the message each day to sponsees and newcomers. Those are really the gifts. And, you know, everything else is, uh, for lack of a better term, just the icing on the cake. Um, and uh, that's just what I wanted to share. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Tiffany. Okay, Colleen M, you're up, and then we'll have um, more shares. Hi, this is Colleen M, Grateful Recovered Food Addict from Maryland. Thank you for letting me share. He, too, became a useful, respected and useful member of his community, is what I kind of wanted to talk about. I mean, I spent my whole life wanting to be that. Um, I wanted to be that because I had a huge ego that I was trying to feed and I wanted to be noticed and I wanted to be on top of the game. I wanted to be the star of the show. And because of my addictions, because of my selfishness, self-centeredness, resentments and fear, I had to use the multiple addictions that I've had in my life to, uh, to deal with those emotions. And all I did was cause chaos and confusion and uh, a, a lot of wreckage in my past and in the people that lives that I cared about. So uh, the hope here is that, you know, I got to this program. I got to a healthy OA meeting. I started, I got abstinent. I started working the steps with some recovered people. And I, um, I'm dying to self. And I am becoming what I always wanted to be. You know, it's taken me 50 plus years to get here. Um, I, and I'm doing it happily uh, with, I believe, the right intention uh, to be useful to others and to have God use me because I know that I have, you know, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And it is a miracle to me every day that I am abstinent another day. 
uh, and that I'm happily abstinent and that the food is not calling to me and that I can get up and share this message, hear this message from you guys and share it with others that I come into contact with. So today my goal is to, uh, to do God's will, not my will, because when I do my will, it got me here. And nobody, they say, comes here on a winning streak. So uh, thanks for letting me share. You guys have a great day. Um, I'll be in a pass. Okay, thank you so much, Colleen M. Okay, so um, you've just joined us. We are on page 158, the fourth paragraph. That was in June 1935. And who else would like to share this morning? Beth W. Beth W. Laura M. Laura M. Naomi B. Naomi Marie, B. Marie S. Marie S. As in Sam? Yes. Or F as in Okay, great. Okay, I can take a couple more. Matt F. Matt F. Okay. Carmela G. And Carmela G. Okay, hopefully that will take us um, take us to the end of the meeting. So I have Beth W, Laura M, Naomi B, Marie F, Matt F, and Carmela G. Go ahead, please, Beth. Hi, this is Beth W, compulsive eater from North Dakota. Can you still hear me okay? Yes. Great. Um, yeah, I um, didn't think I wanted to share. I... Um, I, I don't know if you noticed when I introduced myself, I did not say recovered. I, I spent a day eating. And so um, back in, uh, back in uh, abstinence now. But what I, what I focused on when I noticed when I was reading this was he never took an, a drink again or how am I, how am I book right? Yeah, he never drank again. Um, he became a respected, useful member. He helped other people. You know, I spent so much of my recovered time um, focusing on other people that I forgot to take care of myself. And, um, and I did um, go back into the food, and, and I've done that twice now, and about a year apart, and I just, it hurts a lot, and I don't want that for anybody else. And um, it was as if I skipped right to step 12. I'm going to help, I'm going to, you know, go out and help everybody and every, you know. But what I forgot was, uh, the paragraph before says, or maybe it's two paragraphs back, that says he gave um, his life to the care and direction of his creator, and he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. And I kind of skipped over that part, you know, um, the, the whole idea of um, trusting the creator, that, um, the, that um, giving, giving me direction, and uh, letting go of control, surrender, and do anything that's necessary, including steps 10 and 11. Um, and I, um, I just wanted to not miss that part. And then maybe total abstinence and um, complete recovery shows up and I can be useful to somebody else. But I, I skipped that stuff and became so focused on others, I forgot about me and my relationship with my creator. So. Um, that's all I have to share, and I, um, I thank you for this opportunity. Bye.
I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Glad you're here. And now is Laura M. followed by Naomi B. Good morning. This is Laura M. in Southwest Missouri. Um, thank you all for your service, and thank you, Beth, especially for. Um, I just want to say thank you for speaking those words of courage, um, because I'm I'm in that same position with you. I have I had a long period of recovery, and and now I've had a period of work um, where I'm having to find. Um, what I, the things that I need to do for myself to keep me out of that restlessness and um, mental obsession. Um, specifically about this paragraph, um, the thought that occurred to me over the last several days of study is um, when something happens once, we call it a fluke. If it happens twice, eh, we can call it a coincidence. But three times makes it a pattern. And Bill D. makes this a pattern and the pattern that I see in this is very, very simple. And I think part of my problem is I overcomplicate my program. But at the very core, very, very simply, it's surrender, get honest, and pass it on. Um, and of course, there can be so much more to it because there's layers of what we surrender and there's layers of what I need to be honest about um, with myself, with my God. And then there's multiple ways that I can pass it on. But at the core, what, what I see is that we've been handed this very simple, simple formula. And uh, as another um, faithful friend of ours likes to say, everything starts with surrender. And that's where I'm starting with today myself. So I'm so happy to be with you all and have a wonderful day. I pass. Thank you so much, um, Laura. Okay, Naomi B, you're up, followed by Marie F. Hi, good morning, family. This is Naomi B, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader outside Philadelphia. Uh, this is this is just wonderful. But you know, the the word that jumps out at me is the word never. And there used to be an old expression: "Never say never. You're not dead yet." Well. Because of this amazing program and because of living close to my higher power, all I have is today. And when I think of the word never, it's like living into the future. I'm not there, and I'm not supposed to go there. I have to stay in the present. And I know for myself, just for today, I ask God when I do my meditation, my morning meditation, how can I best serve you? Um, I mean, of all the blessings in my life, and there's so many, I mean, you know, even something as simple as seeing a new plant that I, I planted not die and grow, or just waking up in the morning. I mean, this is such a blessing. This is this is living this program just for today, because that's all I have is just for today. With all the crap that's going on around out in the world, out in politics, in my daughter's life with her divorce. But just for today, I stay close to God, and how can I be of service to someone else? Because I certainly can't keep it until I give it away. And even if I'm working with a sponsee, which happens, you know, um, and they, they choose not to continue with me, I always end our conversation, let me know if I can help in any way. 
because that's the only way I can keep it is by giving it away. And I'm so grateful for this vision family. And um, I'm just and grateful to God that he has spared me. And all I have is for today. Thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. Thank you, Naomi. Maria, you're up, followed by Matt Elf. Marie, Hello? star one to unmute. Yes, there you yeah. are. Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Marie S. from Ireland, um, a compulsive overeater. Um, sorry, it's my second time to share. I've got 30 days, 36 days abstinence, and I'm on step four. And um, I just really wanted to say thank you to everyone here because when I hear people sharing that they're 20 years, 30 years, 15 years in the program and and have that long recovery, it's really, really encouraging to me. And just reading the big book this way by digesting each piece really brings it home. And I love that following this guy's life, um, you know, where he ended up and that is what I'm after. I'm after the promises of the big book. I just, I'm in the middle of step four and my biggest fear last night was that while I was filling it out was that I wouldn't do it right, but I need to let go of that. Um, but yeah, I, I've been in OA for three years and I've been um, up and down roller coasters left. I did get abstinence, did get recovery, then I lost it and then couldn't get it back. But doing doing the program now um, through the Surrender School and coming to these meetings, the Vision for You, is it's just so much more solid this time. I get it. I don't think I ever got one, two, and three before, like I or one, two, and three. And I think without really getting one a hundred percent, it's not going to work, and I really needed to get to that place. So probably that three years got me ready for a complete surrender. So I'm just really um, grateful, though, and I just wanted to say thank you um, to everyone because the, the people who are a long time recovered is just, uh, it blows me away, and it's amazing, and uh, it encourages me to keep going um, because I really, really want this. And I do feel like I have a new tribe that I belong to, people who get me and understand me. So thank you very much for your service and thank you for being there to call into every day. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. Matt F., you're up, followed by Carmela G. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Uh, This is Matt F. from Philadelphia, living in Chicago, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I realized it's possible that I shared more than, or more recently than three days ago, and if that's the case, I do apologize. I'll keep this short. I grew up without any religion, so I'm sharing this for anyone who might be on the line who's agnostic or atheist and thinking, you know, I don't know how to do this. I I, I can't do this. Um, I, I grew up without any religion. I came to the program a devout agnostic. Um, a few years, I've been in the program since last February. A few years ago, I was on a flight from LA to Cincinnati and there was really bad turbulence. And uh, there were people really frightened, screaming. Uh, there were some people crying afterward. And I realized I was startled, but not afraid. And at some point, somehow in my life, I, I, had, I had just sort of made my peace with my life and 
realized I wasn't afraid of dying anymore. I didn't want to die. That wasn't suicidal ideation. I just, I was okay with it. But my life still was not great. Um, my life didn't start getting great until I bumbled backward into this program last February, not looking for a solution to a problem I did not believe even existed for someone like me. And uh, all it did was totally transform my life. And I realized a few months ago, I was in a grocery store and I saw one of the foods that used to be a food that I would, that I would eat, uh, that I don't eat anymore. And <clears throat> I realized that uh, I, if I were on my deathbed, I would still not eat that food. I wanted to die abstinent. So this is great, right? This is progress. I'm not previously not afraid of dying. Now it's like, no, I have a purpose. I, don't, I want to die abstinent. Yesterday I realized that's not actually my purpose. My purpose is to die recovered. And the incredible freedom of no, like I don't get to decide when that is, what the circumstances of it are, whether it hurts, how it happens, when it happens, who cares about it afterward. At some point, I will no longer be alive, and my my job is to die covered. And what's wonderful about that for me is it removes a whole bunch of ambiguity about like, okay, great, I don't, I'm not afraid of dying. I want to die not having eaten a donut. Um, because the steps tell me what I need to do to be recovered. I need to be surrendering to God. I need to be self-evaluative and reflective, and I need to be of service. And as long as I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, having worked the first nine steps, I'm good. Mission accomplished. Whenever it happens, I will die recovered. And I mentioned atheists and agnostics before, you can believe for certain I didn't get there like without coming to believe in a power greater than myself. And I'm now on my knees praying by my bed every morning to a God I am 100% sure exists. And I'm very grateful for that. I pass. Thank you, Matt. And now we'll have Carmela G. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you for your dedicated service. This is Carmela G, a grateful, compulsive overeater recovered from New York. It's amazing because I'm listening to everybody's shares and I'm seeing how it's impacting on me. Um, each of us hears, I think, what we need to hear. And um, yesterday I shared with my sponsor the need that I thought I needed to spend some reflective time deflating my ego. And she kept telling me all along, I think you're doing a little too much service. I think, I think you're taking it. And I said, absolutely not. I must reach out my hand, especially with this COVID. People are alone. I need to. And I was doing a lot of service. And um, I was speaking frequently on meetings. And what happened was, I believe, the last meeting I spoke of was to a large group. And the response was very positive. And I always know that the words coming out were guided. I always give credit 
where credit is due, and that is to my higher power. And my higher power used me that night very well. And the words came out and flowed, and and the chapter I read in the book flowed, and it touched so many, and their response was overwhelming for me. But what happened was it continued for a few days, and my ego was getting bigger, and I didn't want it to be bigger. And yesterday, only because every morning when I wake up, I turn myself over again and say, God, I'm powerless. Please continue to help me every single day. Let me know what it is I need to do and be of maximum service to you and my fellows. And then I get out of bed. And then I live in 10, 11, and 12 all day long, knowing that that power is alongside of me and doing service for others, working with sponsees. But last night was the most beautiful. A new sponsee and I were working on the powerlessness. And the thought was, the biggest thing is to know that nothing is related to my ability alone. It is only when I walk with that power greater than myself that I'm allowed to do anything that is of use for myself and for others. And with that, I pass, and thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, we have just a minute. If there's someone with a burning desire to share on page 158, the fourth paragraph. So, Em? Okay, go ahead. Hi, uh, my name is Phil, and I live in Northern Ireland. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. And uh, there's a great paragraph. Um, he became a power in the church from which he'd been long absent. My sponsor told me early on in the program, well, in step five, that my church should nourish me. And at that point, it wasn't. Since then, I've been to another one and I've recently found, found one on my doorstep. Um, I would travel a long way for this particular place and I love it. I am not, I am by no means a power in it, but I, we have had a celebration of Mary Magdalene, which has delighted my heart. Um, I have a meditation group the Zoom one, which is a contradiction in terms, Zoom meditation. <laughs> um, but any service that I do, whether it's for OA, uh, for a vision for you, both the same thing, obviously. And, um, you know, my church, I get a lot, a lot more out of it. And I'm very grateful and I'm very grateful for you, for your service and for everybody here on the line. Thank you. Thank you for taking us out. And um, so, and thank you to everyone, everyone who's been on, Team Thursday for the month of May, we've had Lisa L., Darlene H., Craig F., Barbara E., Katie G., and our newcomer greeter, Rick J., and Jody E. I thank you all for showing up every week. And so now, um, okay, I'm sorry, I lost my thing. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing in the share ID for today 
May 28th, 7 a.m. meeting is 14,706. That's 14706. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You, a book that's meant to be suggestive only. I certainly will. Wonderful. There were 400 people in that lifeboat today with us. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you can't transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.